Hello, and welcome to Physician Spotlight, which is a forum to learn more about the outstanding senior leaders, young rising stars, and international colleagues in the field of nutrition to discuss important topics and ideas. And with the help of Aspen, we're bringing you these videos today. I am your host, Dr. Lindsay Russell, and it's my absolute pleasure to speak to Dr. Juan Carlos Lopez Delgado, uh, all the way from uh, Spain. Uh, he is a MD, PhD, a professor within the critical and emergency care within the University of Barcelona. He's also an intensive care specialist at the medical intensive care unit in the Hospital Clinic de Barcelona. And he's a, a member of a clinical research investigator within the innate immunity and critical care research uh, department within the Biomedical Investigation Institute of Belviche. So it's I'm so excited to have you here, Dr. Lopez Delgado, um, and thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you're a, quite a busy man, both professionally and personally, and I guess the first question I have for you is, how did you get into this field of nutrition? Can you talk a little bit about your journey and your passion yeah. for nutrition? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's difficult to understand because Sometimes uh, it's this is like life itself. Mm. So you may want something, but uh, life gets you where to other places that you never seen before. So at the beginning, uh, you know, in Spain is Spain is different. Uh, this is a sentence uh, we use a lot here in Spain. Spain is different and. My specialty is uh, intensive care mm. uh, medicine. Uh, it's not a super specialty. And I work directly with critical care patients during my whole life. So after faculty, we go, we have a national exam. We choose specialty. Thanks God, uh, I have my, what I wanted. And I began in Belviche Hospital, another big hospital from Barcelona, uh, intensive care. So during my journey as a resident, I went half a year to, to England to study because I was very interested in metabolism and, and liver. Mm -hmm. So this is how the story begins. It's uh, sometimes it's difficult to balance the interest of, my, of the department where I worked uh, in the past uh, because I have a general background of critical care mm -hmm. uh, with a lot of research in sepsis, infection, and also uh, respiratory care. But uh, I, after a few years, I I realized that I I, I was I, my goal was was to to be a nutrition therapist in critical care, and it was. Uh, a journey that uh, begins, yes, a little bit a mess, but mm -hmm. so that I try my way. When I was in England, it was very important because uh, I fully understand that I I never ever speak English before. Mm -hmm. So, well, it was quite a lesson to to learn, and it was quite a personal, very nice personal experience because uh, I went with my with my personal wife. It was person very intense from the personal point of view and very intense from from the professional point of view to learn to learn a lot. 
I'm uh, also coordinator in two national organizations like uh, the Spanish Metabolism and Nutrition Society and also a local one here in Catalonia, very little one with intensivists. And I'm, I'm very happy to, 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 to work a lot, but uh, with a smile always. Oh, that's wonderful. And I think, you know, thank you for sharing such a, it sounds like a unique, but uh, amazing experience to kind of go and learn intensive uh, nutrition therapy and metabolism. Um, yeah. I couldn't help but notice that you're uh, an expert kind of in metabolism and a lot of your research focuses on that. Uh, can you touch on what you're working on now and, and how uh, you came about looking at muscle metabolism and how it affects your clinical care? The previous years before, uh, during COVID-19 uh, mm -hmm. pandemic, we began to, we realized that we can not admit in our hospitals or in our ICU all, all the people uh, we wanted. So we we have to support them with uh, non-invasive mechanical ventilation. Mm -hmm. So we we saw we in some patients that some, especially our patients, were at risk to get intubated. Mm -hmm. So we began to think how to do during the different ways. The first wave was terrible, mm -hmm. but the other ways, we tried to figure out if there was a sign or something to help us with how to prevent or just a risky intubation mm -hmm. in, in these terms. So we have different units to escalate ventilatory support mm -hmm. and a new tool arrived to our lives, which is bio, bioelectrical impedance analysis. BIA, mm -hmm. BIA, yeah. mm -hmm. or I don't know if I say correctly, sorry. Yeah, uh, no, that's good, BIA, yeah. <laughs> BIA, sorry, uh, arrives to our lives and we begin to do uh, this sort of analysis to our, our patients with, with non-invasive mechanical ventilation. And we figure out, we saw that those with higher phase angle, they tolerate non-invasive mechanical ventilation and they didn't need the rescue therapy with invasive mechanical ventilation. Mm. So, and indeed, people who has higher phase angle, well, they survive uh, mm. the most because mortality was nothing, almost zero. Oh, wow. And the mortality in the other patients who had intubated, one may think, hey, guys, you, you did it wrong because mm. you intubate late. Well, these patients had the same mortality. After, after this, I, we realized three years ago that muscle was more important. And indeed, there were a lot of groups investigating, doing research. At this time, during this time, uh, hospital clinic offered me to go to, to work with them. And uh, they have, they are, they, this is a hospital from the university created. Indeed, the faculty of uh, medicine is inside the hospital. And well, I continue to work with my colleagues from Belvice together with my new colleagues from, from clinic hospital. So that's the, the summary of the whole story. I think that's great. And I, you know, I love that you touch on 
the true collaboration in nutrition research and um, you know, meeting new people and new colleagues to help get involved. And I, you know, I love that story on another point too, because a lot of clinical research starts with that bedside question, you know, the yeah. COVID pandemic, invasive, non-invasive, what are we doing? How can we predict? And I think that truly, uh, I really love that example of true clinical research and how do we uh, manipulate or assess for nutrition and, and how it affects outcomes. So I think that's, uh, it's very inspiring. Well, uh, I do what I want. So yes. what yeah. means when I was young, I'm 44, but <laughs> anyway, I am, well, I cannot do it uh, more research because uh, we work a lot uh, in the ICU and well, it's, it's a difficult time to develop something that uh, may help patients because and I don't understand uh, research without helping my patients. So I'm not coming from a basic research point of view. I'm coming from the clinical research point of view. So my point is, what can I do to help my patients? The first, well, I spoke, I have, I'm speaking about BAA, but uh, the first aim of the study was to see how can we get nutrition to these patients with, with our highly dependent on non-invasive mechanical ventilation and why muscle is so important mm -hmm. in patients or even more than critically ill patients. These are the questions that I like to, to answer in, in future with involving uh, some of you in ESPEN. Yes, wonderful. Yeah, and I think it's, truly inspiring to have international co uh, collaboration and and how the Aspen kind of branches out worldwide. Um, a little bit on that note, but pivoting a little bit, you know, throughout mentorship, it's people have commented on how it affects its career, you know, with your journey and uh, working at different institutions or learning in different countries, how has mentorship uh, fostered your career or helped develop it um if, even if you're yourself a mentor or how other people have mentored you in the field can you comment a little bit on that yes well to be honest i have one mentor who is italian and giovanni lantoni and jay and christians from the from the committee are helping me a lot and i, I really appreciate that the hardness from them but my first mentor was in the European uh, Association of Intensive Care was Giovanni Lantoni, who is Italian. And he's monster uh, publishing, but he is focused on uh, post-cardiac surgery and survival and outcomes and survival and these kinds of things. Uh, I think uh, nutrition therapy has other focus or other outcomes rather than only survival or only mortality. Probably in ICU or critical care, we have the, we used to, to focus on the highlights. Glutamine is, is bad for the patients because it doesn't reduce mortality. But what's that? What's the aim of glutamine? What's the aim of nutrition therapy? And we forget sometimes uh, what the outcome is or what the objective of nutrition therapy is. I think, you know, you highlighted something else as well. It's like the benefit of the physician engagement committee and how that yeah. can, you know, introduce new colleagues and different mentorship 
opportunities there. So I think that's great. Um, and make yeah. friends. Make yes, friends. Yes, exactly. That's priority. <laughs> work first yeah. or play, I play think first so. that's or later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's great. Uh, um, I guess my last question that I have for you is, do you have any uh, words of wisdom for early career healthcare providers or researchers? Uh, you you touched on a little bit, like focus on doing what you, you love and, and what fits well with you. Do you have any other advice for our listeners? Well, I don't consider myself a wise person. Yeah. I consider myself a good person and a good colleague and and someone that will help you for sure if I can. My my only words of wisdom is be a good person because you will attract what you are, not what you want. So these vibes will karma exists and it will come after you. So the thing is be nice with all people because all people so then all people will be nice with you that's all not it's something about life not something about research but it works believe me it works yeah. a lot i think that's wonderful advice and i think it applies to everyone at any stage of their career and i think you know you highlighted at the beginning your journey to nutrition wasn't really a straight path it just kind of found yeah. you and i think that karma worked well to get you in the field of nutrition. I guess my last question is, you know, outside of medicine, outside of work, um, do you have any fun facts or an interesting aspect of yourself that you would like to share with your audience? Well, uh, I'm a football fan. Ah. Uh, not not football uh, where you play in the <laughs> U.S. No, I know. I'm speaking about the Bronx uh, called soccer. Well, uh, I'm a very, very, very enthusiastic Barca fan. I have two two children, two boys. Well, very busy days, and well, to be honest, uh, it was it's it's very nice to to have what I dream when well when I decide to to have a family. So I'm a family man. And a Barca, a lot of Barca fan. And you can, you can hear uh, very, very, very Spanish. So yes. <laughs> you come to Barcelona, if someone of you come to Barcelona, you are invited and drink good wine. <laughs> Wonderful. And I hope your sons are um, uh, cheering for the same team. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. We, uh, I hate Real Madrid. Sorry, but uh, I hate Real Madrid. But, uh, well... I love that. That's no one's perfect. No one's perfect. Yeah. Um, neither me. That's so wonderful. And, you know, I just want to say, Dr. Lopez Delgado, thank you so much for joining us today. And it's really been such a pleasure speaking with you. And I really want to take the time to thank Aspen as well for their continued partnership to provide this program and, these, and the audiences for taking time to listen today. And I hope you learned a little something and I hope you have a lovely evening. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for the interview.